Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is brought to you by Team Trade, a digital solution that helps you hire, optimize, and retain employees. Using psychometric assessments to identify more than 100 professional mindset traits, it gives instant reports you can use to build high-performing teams. Get two free profiles today, no commitment, no credit card required, at teamtrait.com. Team, T-R-A-I-T dot Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, we have an expert today who is such an expert in so many things. He talks about wellness. He talks about uh, workplace crisis. He talks about building a culture of trusted leadership and buy-in. I mean, this is going to be a really good 20 minutes and. As you and he said, we might need to do another one of these. Yeah, well, I think that's a great idea already. I was like, haven't you heard him yet? But it's like, I know he's going to be great. Well, you, I, know, I, you know, I got the perfect face for radio, so it's a double <laughs> bonus. So. Well, this is on video. This yeah. is on John, video. Oh, yeah. shoot. Nobody <laughs> told me. Oh, don't go on it. But some of the things that John's an expert in or whatever that, that, that has my attention, uh, you know, when, when I'm thinking about the uh, stress down over the economy, and inflation, COVID, you know, we're still not totally out of the woods yet on that. Uh, holidays, you know, all kinds of things like that. There's a lot of things there that, that can stress a lot of people out. And, you know, stress is not just a mental thing, but it also has a, a, a big impact on you physically. And we can't be at our best as managers, as leaders, uh, you know, certainly as, you know, as employees or whatever, unless, you know, that we are well. And you can't jumpstart a dead battery. So uh, that's what I hope to hear a little bit from John today about uh, how managers and leaders then can, you know, uh, put the mask on the, on their on their face first before trying to take care of others. For sure. Yeah. And, and to your comment, Lee, one of the things that most people don't think about is treat ourselves as a battery. And I'm not commenting on the age of you two, but I'm old enough to remember the vehicles that did not have battery savers. And usually we left the dome light mm. on, on the either the coldest night of the year or when we needed an early quick start. Well, also it's important to note that you're in Canada, right? Correct. Yes. All right, so some of my Canadian friends actually have battery warmers in. So like when it gets really like below zero, absolutely. so the car still starts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is kind of funny to me because it's like, you know, my entire car runs on. Oh, batteries. does it? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so we, we've come, we've come yeah. quite a ways from yeah. there. But... And, and so what, what happens, and I'm not familiar with the DC cars, the not Washington, but yeah. the battery cars, 
the those cars actually work. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I was thinking that, which is why I tripped over my words. I knew you were thinking. I was, just and it was like, oh, sometimes stop, that's John, what I stop. do. I say things that I know other people are thinking. It gets me in a little bit of trouble sometimes, yeah. but I do still. And do so, it. when you made the comment about keeping a charge in the battery, putting our own mask on first, one of the things that mo many of us struggle with is what I call relationship don't in our lives and don't listen as being ever positive i have aging parents dome lights i love them but they drain the battery mm. and so whether we're talking about holidays whether we're talking about the economy whether we're talking about conflict in the workplace what are we doing to charge our batteries because unplugging from work will not recharge. It doesn't work. And it's the same way as putting our cell phone on airplane mode is thinking it's going to recharge it. Well, before we get too far down the road, John, I would like to introduce you as our guest. We got ahead of Jump ourselves. Right I, that's a Canadianism. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Welcome Sorry. to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the CEO and founder of Sales Fuel. And that nugget of wisdom, and then we'll continue on, is from John Robertson, our guest, founder and president of Fort Log Services, a workforce wellness expert and culture alignment specialist, works with forward-thinking leadership to develop a thriving workplace with fully engaged people where leaders can actually lead. What a concept. And so concept. we can get back to the, the wellness is more that than more than not being sick is, is sort of your umbrella concept. So yes. onward we go, gentlemen. There we go. <laughs> and, and one of the things, so for example, I tie a lot of this stuff into everyday things. So when do parents get help in parenting when we are having a problem with the child? When does a couple get couples, whatever I want to call it, coaching or counseling, when we're in problems. Well, why not invest in the relationship so that when a conflict problem happens, we steer through it like, yeah, okay, well, we trained for this. What's the big deal? With wellness not being sick, why do we wait until we are ill, sick, whether it be psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, what are we doing to charge the batteries to keep those areas well? Yeah. And, and since we're talking about health, it was like when you go to the dentist, it's like, I mean, it, it should be every six months, yes. right? But it's like we go to the dentist when we have a toothache or we need a root canal or something yeah. like that. So there's that. When do I get brought in as a behavioral analyst? When management and leadership then is having uh, issues in the workplace with one of their employees, not before, and often not beforehand. And that's not, that's the way that I recommend people do it, but that's not the way people well, do and, it. And the joke I use with people is folks, just remember it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark mm -hmm. and we have to plan ahead. Yeah, but wouldn't an EAP program be a part of that? I can pick up the phone and call a therapist and I'm doing self-care in the privacy of my own home to prevent uh, myself from melting down later in my office. And you're saying uh, that approach doesn't work? Okay, let me, it's not. And again, this is part of that sick care wellness, mm. not being ill. It's not a black or white. Those EAP calls are vital, essential. However, if we are relying on them, we're actually causing the issues because now 
it, what happens if I don't need a therapist counselor, but I need somebody who can help me get my head back in the game. And so an EAP adds value, but EAPs don't work when we're talking about healthy, thriving workplaces or personnel for that matter, never mind leaders. What do you suppose are some of the reasons why people are hesitant to take advantage of an EAP program? This sounds really, really old fashioned, but I believe it goes back to we have taught people not to say, use four letter words. Help is a four letter word. Care is a four letter word. For that matter, love is a four letter word. I've heard people say coworkers over the years and the various places I've worked in. I, they say it's anonymous, but I don't think it is. And I think my HR professional knows who calls it the most and no. level of paranoia. I think. And, you know, and there may be some truth to some things that have happened. Like one of the things, so when I work with EAPs, one of the first things I remind them is there's three automatic deal breakers threat to self, threat to somebody else, or criminal infraction, we're no longer keeping this between ourselves. But anybody with an IQ above their shoe size knows those ground rules. Like that's not complicated. However, if I'm going to justify not using an EAP, the best way to do it is blame. Well, you know, I use an EAP, but I know Lee is going to hear about me calling them, so I won't use it. It's I can assure best. you I don't. I've got <laughs> yeah, <more> no. <laughs> but yeah. but I also know from the EAP side of the fence that employees of the EAP will lose their jobs. And that's not a discussion point. That's an automatic dismissal if who called gets shared. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are so, some of the things in the workplace every day, day in and out, we should be offering and or doing to improve everyone's wellness? <laughs> First of all, figure out, okay, what do people, G-rated, and that's dark humor, by the way, but G-rated, what do people do to charge their batteries? And then holding people responsible and accountable to doing those recharge things. Added to that, how are we helping people have what's sometimes called productive conflict conversation. You know, those tough conversations where we're just not on the same page, but we're not ready to shoot one another or fight or whatever. We're just not on the same page. And I go right to the visual of a stone in the shoe. If we do not address it when we feel it, it only gets bigger. And so what are we doing? What are the stone in the shoes? And how are leaders creating a culture where people can say, yeah, I'm not on the same page and not worry about you shared, Audrey, about the repercussions of talking with an EAP. What about the repercussions if I share that, well, I really don't agree with what the quarterback is sharing, the leader, whatever title is. What about those repercussions? Because they're actually more real than calling an EAP. And and building some of those things. Go ahead, Audrey, you were going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, I think that it depends also on what the, you also are a culture expert. Is this a company culture where it's safe to disagree and have that be a productive and healthy disagreement? And so I've worked in some places where that's not in a million years would I say what I really think. 
Well, and uh, I was raised in a home where we didn't say what we thought. <laughs> it, it, like if it wasn't in alignment, closed mouth gathers no feet. And and so one of the things that we have to do, and and this is how wording things gets done. So for example, if John asks a question and I say something that whatever doesn't fit, long story short, I can be on a very short rope leading out of the company. And what will be said is, well, John really didn't fit the culture. What's actually being felt by the people who remain is, yeah, our culture is toxic and John didn't fit toxic. So the question has to be answered, what is our culture? And I know there's the cliches, you know, these, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, a horse team, you can't, you have to, and I'm not into the equestrian thing, but there's a principle, you have to balance the horses to pull properly. In a workplace, if we are not helping people get in alignment, we're going to have just a dominoes effect of behaviors to go to your comment lee of behaviors that now we're treating symptoms okay what's the real issue Mm -hmm. here and when that sort of thing happens whether it's a disciplinary action or a termination you know it's the the talk is like what happened and could i be next and and a lot of things like respect in the workplace come back to that very thing it was just gossip that grew its own story because went, the leadership wasn't transparent en- enough, basically, and they left blanks then for other people to fill in. For absolutely. Themselves. And there is there is nothing worse than leaving a blank. It's like that children's broken telephone game. Mm-hmm. Nothing I would media train people on their messages, especially for crisis. We're going to talk about crisis next. For <laughs> crisis communications, I'd say if the reporter leaves this big blank pause, I'm like, shut up. Just let it sit. Don't feel the need to fill in that empty space because yep. you're going to get yourself in trouble. Same yep. thing kind of in reverse. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on to, to, to crisis, it's like, I was, I was wondering if you could help me w- w- with something that, that's actually happening in my workplace right now. I have a manager of, of several people. She's got a heavy, a very heavy workload and she refuses to take a vacation. And she kind of always says, it's like, I, I just won't take a vacation, everything like that, which to me is exactly the opposite of what needs to happen. So how does a manager or a leader deal with that kind of situation? What's the best way to tackle that? Two things. First of all, I would ask, why should she? And that will point to the values, not on the website, the ones that are actually being operated by. So if there is no value of long-term success, long-term growth, long-term well-being, whatever you want me to call that, those values then there is no reason she should take a holiday. But the second part of that is asking the question, what would happen if you did take a holiday? And what's happening right now, especially with leadership who have a commitment, Achilles heel, they make a commitment and you can trust them to follow through. And that can become an Achilles heel. Because what happens is we start to work harder instead of working smarter. And I can't remember the Cal 
Newport is his name, but I can't remember the name of the book, but he talks about chunking and basically doing designated disconnecting from whatever and taking one hour and only focusing in on this. And so therefore coaching that manager to say, okay, what would happen if you took a holiday? What would happen if you don't take a holiday? What would happen if we did some chunking discussions and say, let's just focus in on three things you have to get done. And as a heads up, I married that kind of person. Her hours are, she's in an admin role. Her hours are from this time to this time. She didn't get, she, they, they were tsunamied with stuff they had to deal with. She didn't get to it. She comes home. She start doing her email and work mm -hmm. at our table. I know I'm a husband and that, <laughs> that has a whole other layer of dynamics. But I asked, I said, so what you're saying is your workplace is of greater value than your home and me. Wow. And, and if I am willing to, because that's where values come out. I can tell what a person's real values are by their daytimer and by their bank statement. No matter what we tell a person, our real values are where we spend our time and where we spend our money. That's all they are. That's super interesting. I'm going to have to think through people I know and go, hmm, what does that mean? <laughs> well, and look at volunteerism and yes. serving and look at all these things. Mm -hmm. We don't value it today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not nearly as much as we should. And, you know, it's like any other employee I spoke of, or she's fantastic and everything like that. I just want to make sure she doesn't burn out. Or, you know, uh, feel like she's obligated then yep. to, you know, be a, uh, you know, superstar or whatever. You know, and thinking of that is like, I'm just going to plow through it or whatever and, and get work done because, you know, we're not curing cancer here. So and, it's like, you know, the, the stuff can wait. And, and lead to that comment is and asking, so who is most important in your life and how does this approach honor them? Because the only way we can encourage people is to find out what their values are. There is no other way. Mm -hmm. I have a question about something I, I sort of when I watched, well, I watched the whole video on your website, but you had a bit of a teaser talking about a concept called the four D's. Yes. Can you tell us what that's about? Sounds like it, my grade card in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, so I might as well say it because you did earlier. Wow, you did really well, comparatively speaking. <laughs> yeah, Just because and, I'm an American, you don't need to go oh, okay. there. Okay. True, true enough, I stand corrected. Okay. So, U.S. public school, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, really. It's, Couldn't afford private school. So, you know. Well, I met a prof when I was in university and I was doing a second degree and the prof comes up to me and he was from first year and he says, Mr. Robertson. Yes. You're still here. <laughs> it was like, wow. And uh, thanks for the vote a of confidence. Compliment. So the four D's are really simple. And this addresses the the implementation of wellness more than treating ill or sick. So for example, first is discover. What does success mean? Where are we trying to go here or where are we trying to grow? Second is so you discover, okay, what do those things look like mean? Second is determinate. 
So what is my refinable new norm? Because if I don't know, what is it? Uh, Alice in Wonderland. When she's trying to get out of Wonderland, I got to get out of here, got to get out of here. And the cat starts to smile and disappear. Well, where do you want to go? I don't know. I just got to get out of here. Then any road will take you there. Mm -hmm. And so first is discover there's a better way. Second is determine that refinable new norm. And then third is develop. It's no different than exercise or fitness or whatever we want to call it. I cannot, and I would never dream of doing it, but I can never show up at the Boston Marathon thinking I'm going to run it and finish it. It's number one. Not without a taxi cab. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I stand corrected. (laughs) I can do the Boston Marathon. Thank you for that. But so discover, determine, develop, and then deploy. And if I don't do those first two, when I do deploy and it doesn't go smoothly, I have nothing to go back and reference. If I do the first two, I can go back and say, okay, when I deployed, that didn't kind of work out the way I expected. I need to go back and reframe the focus to grow forward. Yeah, when I'm consulting with people and they have a low career clarity, what sometimes happens is that they're so anxious to escape the situation they're in with their current employer that they rush headlong into another situation without without actually looking where they're going. And they actually end up in a position that's just as bad, if not worse, because they were so desperate to, to leave the, the first place. So, And isn't that that frying pan and fire or something? Exactly. Cliche. Yeah. Uh, I uh, like a perfect illustration of helping people with that. One of the questions I get when I'm doing career interviewing, coaching, whatever I'm supposed to call it is, so people, the interviewee is allowed to ask questions. So one of the questions I encourage anybody to ask is, so apart from money, why would somebody want to work at your organization? And I've got people who are super reserved, quiet personalities, and they will come home, whatever, call me and say, I love that question. You should have seen them squirm. In fact, (laughs) the the president looked at the other person and said, well, you can answer this question. (laughs) And it's like, wow. My my pocket question. First of all, if somebody doesn't ask a question, then that's a red flag, like the interviewee. But I was used to ask, can you describe to me what the day-to-day company culture is of this place, what it feels like and what it is? And they can't articulate that either, most of them. And and that exact point or illustration, rather, is that discover, determine, develop, deploy. Okay. That's yeah, a it's, perfect it's illustration. Like, you got to watch out for the people that, that have a ready answer and they think they know what the culture is because culture is not what you say it is. It's what they, the employees, yes. say that it is. At the yep. water cooler behind mm-hmm. your back. Absolutely. This was a super quick 20 minutes, but John, I want to have you back, but you, we want to do a quick crisis question to sort of tease for the next time we have you on. What do you guys think? That works for me. Okay. I'm in full-blown crisis mode, so how about, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think all of us these days are, yeah. Yeah. So, Lee, what are you thinking? I was thinking the crisis reframed as opportunity. I mean, that seems like a tall order. 
Well, crisis communication is really your bailiwick. I mean, it's like, well, it's like you've idea. been doing it for years, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have it. Well, I, but I'm used to external crisis communication. This is more like internal crisis communications. I Actually, don't know, John, jump in here. It's both. It, okay. It's both because what you do, and when I point to how to do crisis communication, I jokingly say, it's like your lawyer. Don't uh -oh. volunteer information. That's <laughs> true. But the best illustration... I can walk anybody through, and I don't have all the edited video clips, is the Boston uh, bombing, the Boston Marathon bombing. Okay. Because what the Boston leadership did is textbook. The mayor got up and said, boom, 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 boom. I have the chief of police, and I have a psychiatrist or psychologist. I'm not sure what she was. And they're going to walk through. Chief of police got up, and he spoke about what the police was doing. And if a question got asked... He would say, no, that's gossip. Any other questions? It was the end. It was shut it down. Mm -hmm. And then the psychiatrist, psychologist got up and said, this is how it impacts people. This is how this kind of stuff can show up in our lives. Here's some of the ways to cope. And hence why the Bo Sox game on the Saturday, the stadium was full. People had clarity and felt like they could come out. And somebody was leading the, the parade, and I don't like that term, but leading the charge. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know how it was going to work out, but they were visible leading. And so in crisis in a workplace, if nobody is seen to be leading, it is going to go from bad to ugly in no time. And the flip side of that, and ironically, they're both Mark Wahlberg movies, but it's the, remember the um, a BP, I can't remember what it was, but it was the oil leakage in the Gulf. Yes. Yeah, it's BP, I think. And, and well, we don't produce that much oil, but in the bottom corner of the TV screen, there was oil pumping out that. And then the BP leader took a week's holidays in the middle of the crisis. Yeah. There's your two visuals that, when we're talking about crisis in the workplace, people do not need to know what it's going to look like when it's done. They need to know that somebody has a plan, somebody is communicating the plan, and somebody is leading the plan. A steady hand at the wheel. Okay. Yeah. Better said, they need a steady hand at the wheel, even if the ship is getting hammered around. Yeah, and they're not vacationing down in Mexico when there's no power. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, exactly. we'll, we'll leave that alone. That, yeah. that was for Audrey since she lives in Texas. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, Cancun, here he came. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out, people. No. Um... And, and one of the reasons that EAPs don't work <laughs> for this kind of stuff is they're not visible in leadership. Ah, uh, that's true. And in most cases, you're calling someplace that's a subcontractor that's not even in, in your your mm -hmm. backyard in your city or in your office building, for that matter. I have and one last question I want to ask you, John, before we go. It's like, as a manager, as as a leader, uh, how do, you, do we best broach the, the subject of an EAP? Do we punt it off to, to HR or uh, do we deal with it ourselves? No, actually, the best way is to keep it out of HR. And I think that that's where part of the problem's get rooted well if hr is recommending it they're obviously getting the reports the, but the second part as a leader is i'm going to give you a visual of how it can work there was a plane crash so the woman on the on the radio was at their head office 
And, and this can happen at cancer diagnosis. Don't just think about the event. It can happen with cancer, motor vehicle collision, and so forth. She was on the radio when the plane went silent. She and I got chatting, and she started talking about when her mom died and a whole bunch of other things that, okay, hold it. This is way outside my jurisdiction. And I said, you know what? I'm not really sure what the best tactic would be. Do you mind if I call and ask somebody for help, guidance? No. Who would you call? I said, well, I'm going to call the EAP and see what they would do. But I'm going to pretend to be in your shoes. But I need you to be quiet. So I called the EAP. I walked through. How would you handle this? How would you help me? assist me, support me. And they said, well, we would start by doing duck, 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 duck. and this woman says, and I said, okay, just can hold just a second. So I muted my phone and I said, yes. And she gave me more to the story, <laughs> took it off mute. You're a gave, surrogate. <laughs> and that's exactly. And it's called a warm referral. And I left my phone with her. I sat outside the door and the EAP and her had a 45-minute conversation. I had no involvement. The only thing I had involved was my phone. What can leaders do? Make the call, ask the questions. And if that person does not connect, hang up and well, have to say thank you and hang up. So don't, don't send them into the fire. Hold their hand <laughs> and lead them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it go first into the fire. And, and well, what's leadership, right, Lee? We are yeah. the first, we need to be the first ones into the fire. Don't expect anybody else to go into a place. We go first and eat last. First and responders. Eat, and, yes. Well, your website, John, is fortlog.co. Anything else you want to steer people to before we wrap things up? Absolutely. The landing page for this will be forward slash manage smarter. So, fortlog.co forward slash manage smarter. Right. I'll and I'd love to have a conversation with you listeners. And that's what I'm selling is a conversation and it costs you time. So. Well, it's be been awesome. a pleasure talking to you. This has been Absolutely. a great conversation. We do this John. all day. So we're going to have to do this again soon. Yeah, that let's would do be it again phenomenal. Soon. Thanks, yeah. John. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.